like bullshit, huh? Beg your pardon. I'm not an asshole. I'm an actor. Same thing. Being a jerk is better than being a nothing. It's a joke. I didn't mean to. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is a Friday the 13th bonus episode. This is Brandon, and as always with me is your eye-popping co-hoster, Colin. Uh, thank you for giving me your mask, Brandon. No problem, and I'm going to hand that mask right over to, as always, with us on these Friday the 13th bonus episodes. And also, is he is he joining the Five Timers Club, Colin? Does it count? Because the Jason X episode was two two parts. Are they each an episode, or are they? Uh, you know, that's like a, a part one and part two from a TV show. I don't know how to call it. We might just give we might just give it to him. Mm, Four point five Timers Club from Arrow in the Head and JoeBlow.com. It's Jimmy O. James Oster. Hey guys, how are you? <laughs> Not bad. Today we are here to discuss Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D, which is directed by Steve Miner, starring Dana Kimmel, Tracy Savage, Larry Zerner, Paul Kratka, and Richard Brooker as Jason. But before we get into talking the movie, we have one of those names I just mentioned. So we're very honored to welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade the man who played Shelley himself and one of Hollywood's greatest legal minds and also game show winner, Larry Zerner. You guys doing something I shouldn't see? Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. We're very excited. It's Friday the 13th. Normally, we draw these from a hat, and we landed on part three for this time. I'm very excited to get back to the classic stuff. We were kind of more in the newer area the last couple picks, but <laughs> you're an iconic figure from this movie. People remember the Jasons. They remember the final girls, but Shelly, you're iconic. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I have to say, I mean, we, I, there's the Shelly, there's Shelly the shirt. No, I don't know, to an icon, am I iconic? I don't know. Within, but, the, uh, within the realm of the Friday the 13th fran- franchise, people know Shelly. Cullen knows Shelly, right? Oh, yes, I know. We Brandon and I have had many conversations about the choices that Shelly has made in the third movie. I enjoy your little story about how you landed the role of Shelly. If you want to share with us how the magic happened. I was a uh, aspiring actor. I was 18. I was a theater major in college. I've been acting, not professionally, but in high school and junior high and studying acting and had a job handing out movie tickets to sneak previews so you can get the reaction. And I was in Westwood on a Saturday night in January of 1982 and handing out tickets to a movie no one had ever heard of called The Road Warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And these people came up to me and they said, excuse me, are you an actor? And I was like, well, maybe they saw my turn as Roger in Greece at Fairfax High. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, yes, I'm an actor. And they said, well, we wrote this movie and we think you'd be perfect for it. And I was like, what? You know, like, what? And I'm like, I'm like what movie is that? And they're like, it's Friday the 13th Part 3. And I was like, oh, my God. And so that was the writers, Martin Katrasser and Carol Watson. They had written this part and the part said... Fat, Afro, practical joker, wannabe actor, 
and I checked all those boxes. I mean, literally, if, if, <laughs> if somebody had written a part for me, it couldn't have been more like than that. I mean, it was like a part written for me. So when they saw you, it was like, so far, so good. Let's ask him if he's an actor. That's the last box. Exactly. Oh, man. Keep in mind, the writer on a movie doesn't get much say in casting. So I gave them my agent's info and... That was Saturday, and then I on Monday I'm waiting for a call that did not come, and I was like, oh well, that was a waste. And then Tuesday I got the call, and they said, come on in for an audition, and I auditioned, and then I got a call back, and I got another call back. I, I think I went in three or four times. It, they didn't just give me the part, like because the writer said this guy's good. I mean, I came in and I won the part over whoever else was out. There. I never saw. I don't think I ever saw any any other shows, but I beat out somebody for the part. What kind of scenes were you doing for that part uh, in the auditions? We did the driving scene. You know, we did the scene in the car, which was longer because in the original script, after Shelley hits the motorcycles, they chase him. And there's a whole chase that goes on. And then Shelley, like, he's got champagne in the that he bought at the store. And he pops the champagne court like a bullet and hits them. And they send them flying. And that's... <laughs> and so it was a whole, like, big three, you know, chase. And I think they realized this is going to take forever. And the 3D was crazy hard. So they realized it was going to be too much. Did you read with just the people in the casting session? Or were there actresses they were pairing you with maybe i think i just i just i remember reading with steve and the casting people i i I don't remember reading maybe once i read with somebody i don't think it was not Catherine. so if you ever met david boreanaz from angel and buffy and the bones and he's like you know i got my first second gig just walking down the street you go yeah me too buddy me too. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> how much did you know? Now, I, I feel like I should know this, but how much were you aware of the whole Friday the 13th history and the first two films? I mean, were you fans or were you... I knew Friday the 13th. Remember, Friday the 13th wasn't... I didn't. I hadn't seen either of them in the theater at that point. I'd certainly heard of them. And remember, that it wasn't a thing, right? I mean, the second one had come out and did okay. You know, we weren't in the era of, oh, there's going to be a million sequels to a movie. That was, Mm -hmm. you know, Halloween had died. Halloween had done it and killed it, right? Because they went one, two, and then three, right? Three kills it, right? So so there really wasn't this thing of, oh, this is going to be a, you know. But so I hadn't seen them, but I knew of them. Well, it also, I think people don't realize it wasn't easy to see stuff if you miss it in the theater back in the 80s. Exactly. Just, I mean, you know, it, was, it wasn't. It, you, this was really at the dawning of the video age. Mm-hmm. The first Friday the 13th was bigger, but then this one kind of made it into the phenomenon because it's the highest grossing one, and it's also started a 3D trend. It was the highest grossing of all the sequels until Freddy vs. Jason. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, it was higher grossing than any of the Nightmare sequels and I think any of the Halloween sequels. It did really well. We were number one for the first two weekends. You know, it probably did, I mean, it did, what, 36 million, which is probably the equivalent of, of close to 100 now. For the budget of these, it was Gangbusters. And I think this was the first one they filmed in L.A. because the others who were in Jersey. Yes. And then So L.A., you made your own lake. We had a little lake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I regret now is that everyone else got to go away. And so like they were somewhere for a period of time and everyone lived, you know, on the set and there's that kind of bonding. Mm -hmm. But we went home every night. So we didn't have that kind of bond that you would have when everyone's living on on location. That's what I wondered, because all the others you read about, it sounds like it was just like a big party the whole time they made the movie. I wonder if so that didn't happen at all for the third one. Right. We came in, we did a work, and we got we went home. Hmm. 
that makes me that makes you a little sad. I'm sorry that you missed out in the party. <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, Larry, one of the things that I, I, I've got to compliment you a little bit, a lot actually, because this is a character that's been done to death since Shelley, and it's usually done. I mean, these kind of guys are usually douchebags, but you, you're Shelley's. You're the, a likable guy. How did you approach the role? Was it just kind of like, I'm just going to be myself and I'm just going to have fun with it? Yeah. I mean, first of all, Shelly was very close to me. So I wasn't, it wasn't like a stretch. But then on the first day of the movie, Steve said, I don't want you to do a character. You just, just, just be you. Basically, I would just go, how would I be in this situation? And that was, that's it. That it was, I'm, I'm, I'm playing me. Shelly is, is Larry at 18. The, the pathetic side. I mean, I brought out oh. the more pathetic side of me. But that, I, that was yeah, of me. I thought you were sweet, man. I like that. I, honestly, it's one of my favorite characters from the series. I'm not just kissing your ass because we're doing the podcast. No, I mean, people like it, although I've, I've certainly met a number of people who hate Shelly. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, it's like a 20%. I think it's like 80-20. But there's, that tw- there's a strong 20% who go... Oh man, I hate Shelly. How do you take that? As a, do you, does it bother you or just just watch? Not out? at all. Not at all. It's good for you. Uh, I don't take it personally. They don't. They don't, they don't hate me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Maybe they're just mad that you gave Jason the mask. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> jealous, probably. Or jealous, yeah. When was it that you sort of had this realization that you were this important figure? Like, wait a minute, I gave him that mask. Was it during the movie that you kind of felt like you handed it off to him? No, because who knew the mask was going to be something, right? right? I mean, did someone give him the potato sack and part two? I mean, no, he like, just no, he just, just, just had it. Right. Right. It's not. It, it, I mean, I knew enough. I knew that I asked them if I could have the mask. I'm like, I love it, and they're like, No, you can't have it. So I sort of thought like that'd be cool. That's but, you know, I remember the mask didn't become a thing until, like... Yeah, the next one cigarette, yeah, like solidified four, five, it. Right? Yeah. And then, like, oh, there's, there's the mask is the symbol, and everyone knows the mask. And then, it, you know, there's that period, of, you know, there was that long break after, what, eight, right? They made the first eight pretty quickly, and then... Mm-hmm. Or nine, and then between nine and ten, there was a long break. Yes. Yeah, there was Jason Goes to Hell, and then ten got made, and then ten even sat on the shelf for a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, yeah so things sort of died down, and, and especially, and then after ten, it really, you know, there was that period. And then after the Freddy versus Jason and, and the remake, there's been more you know, resurgence, and people, I, I guess they find it, and so it becomes a, more of a thing. And now, it's, I mean, that, that mask is certainly one of the most iconic images in, in film. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, show no, I mean, that yeah. hockey mask, and they will know what movie you're talking about. So to have that part of it, but I think I knew back then that was like I'd say I gave the guy the mask. It was all right, okay, cool. But now it's become a more. I mean, it's really a, a part of film history. And was it always truly going to be that hockey mask, or were there some other options, or was that in the script like it's going to be the goalie mask? Because you wear one that's pretty cool when we first see your character. I'm like that could have worked. Maybe not. Well, no, it can't work because then you'd see his face, and right. so it doesn't work mm-hmm. for for anyone to go, oh, is that really is that Shelley or is that Jason? Right? I mean, well, true. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember if the script said hockey mask. Or just said mask. I didn't see it until they gave it to me that night. We filmed the scene where I jump out of the water. How cold was that water? <laughs> it was cold. It was cold. I mean, it was cold. It was. We were. It was March, and it was night, and it was not heated. And that wetsuit I was in because they bought a medium-sized wetsuit, and I was not a medium. <laughs> 
<laughs> by any stretch of the match. I think they, they had to cut it in the back so I could fit into it. Did they intentionally put you in like tighter clothes? Because I think one scene, your pants look kind of tight when you're running. Like... No, I was just fat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that water was cold. I mean, I, was only, I wasn't in there for that long because I just had to go in. I didn't do the, they had a stunt person do the grab where she, her leg is grabbed. Mm-hmm. That I didn't do. I just had to go in and jump out. So that was it. Gotcha. Did Did you like that you had a kind of off-screen death? Did you enjoy that? Oh, is Shelly playing another trick? Or I wish I would have got impaled in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. that's only that's always more fun. Yeah. That's always to do that. I mean, I, I don't, I'm the only one who doesn't get a scene with Jason. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. 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 I, just re- <laughs> I saw this in the theater, and I remember when the eye pops out. My, I literally, my, I was a little kid. My glasses flew to the row in back of me. But when did you kind of realize that this is kind of bigger than? maybe you had anticipated or maybe anyone in the cast had anticipated certainly opening night i went to westwood and saw it and it was sold out and the crowd loved it it was the number one movie for that weekend and for a couple of months anywhere i went people would go oh there's shelly you know like <laughs> people come on I, I had that kind of fame anywhere i went I remember going to Six Flags Magic Mountain a couple of weeks after the movie came out. And that was like, I'd just be walking past the line and you just hear people going, it's Shelly, it's Shelly, it's Friday King, you know. You and I you know, look, I'm not, I wasn't famous. So for like a two month period, I was famous in that I knew what it was like to have that happen. And then that sort of dwindled away. And now, you know, it's, it's weird because I'm part of it. And I understand that it's a it's a big thing and, and I get to do cool things and go to conventions and get flown around and people treat me like I'm somebody. But day to day, I, I'm a lawyer and, and that's not part of my, uh, you know, I'm not Tom Cruise. It's a, <laughs> so it's like it's a, it's big. How big it is, is it's hard to say because I'm all, I'm so involved and it's, it's big to me because I get a lot of reaction. But it's like, am I am I just in a bubble? I feel sometimes I feel like you play tiddlywinks a lot and you're really good. I'm like the third best tiddlywinks player in the world. Everybody goes, oh man, like, like so if you're into tiddlywinks, Larry's the guy like, oh my God. But if you ask anyone else, they're like, what? What? Who cares? That's sort of what's a like, Zerner. Oh, yeah. Where am I in this? So where am I in the in the in the level of fame? Is I don't know. It's hard to know how famous it is. Your tiddlywinks convention royalty. You get the big old. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Did you have? You must have fun with the old fans coming in, and the parents and kids get wanting your autograph at those conventions. Is that is that a thing that you really enjoy? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun to go, and I like going to conventions, and it's fun. You meet people, and I, I mean, they're really nice to you, and they tell you what a great job you did, and how much the movie meant, and they give you money, and it's like, it's incredible. Well, that's it's that's the most rewarding part. Yeah. <laughs> the money, yeah. <laughs> right, but I, but I mean, the money's good, but I wouldn't do it if I wasn't, it wasn't fun, and it's yeah. fun, and, we, and, and, and I've met so many great people, and, and then I get to be friends with other people at the conventions so you you know and i get to meet my idols last year i went to convention and it was like i loved Dawn of the dead and ken foray and scott reininger and and galen ross were there and i got to meet them and you know and it's wow. like you know i don't have to be like fan because i'm like oh i'm on the shuttle with the uh, with ken foray and i get to get that moment or uh, i was in um, germany last year with uh, galen ross and we're hanging you know at the hotel bar and it's like oh my god i saw Dawn of the dead and i loved it and now she's <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, so I get the fanboy out. That's so cool. You get the best of both worlds. And you've always seemed to have been on board. There's some cast members of the series and other horror movies that don't necessarily embrace it till like later on, if at all. Because there's some people that seem to have been like 
you know, embarrassed or something about it. And then, then, then they come around. They're like, "Oh, you're you're making you're making money, and people love you." They're, okay, maybe I will embrace this. You seem to have been always there. Jeffrey Rogers doesn't want anything to do with it. He's a doctor. He wants nothing to do with it. Uh, Rachel Howard, who played Chili, is also a doctor. <laughs> She's a psychiatrist. She wants nothing to do with it. I've called her to come to screenings. Like, oh, there's a there was a 25th anniversary screening. Rachel, come. She she said, "I've never seen the movie." Never oh, saw the movie. Wow. You know, yeah. It was just something they did when they were, you know, 18 or 19 and they want nothing left to do with it, you know, but okay, you know, yeah, whatever. I, you know, I have it. I have it's fun for me and it's a good escape from, you know, the work I do, you know, your work life. You obviously a successful lawyer. You're getting back in the film. I'm, I'm seeing you pop up. What made you decide to want to kind of get the acting bug going on again? The bug didn't really leave. It just, you can't really do both. Yeah. For sure. Because it, it, the actor's job is really getting work. And, you know, I don't have time to go and audition and stuff. But, <laughs> you know, but my friends will put me in their movies. And if it works with my schedule, I'm like, sure. I'm, you know, I'm still a SAG member. And so I did a part in Nights of Bad Aston, which Joe Lynch directed. Fun movie, mm-hmm. by the way. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And it, it was it was it was so much fun. And then uh, had a little cameo in Death House, which came out earlier this year, which had had a lot of people in it. And I'm in All the Creatures Were Stirring, which is a horror Christmas anthology movie, which will be coming out in the fall, directed by David and Rebecca McKendry. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Rebecca, oh, you made wow. a yeah. pod. And uh, yeah. uh, I haven't seen it yet, though it played at the Chattanooga Film Festival and won the Audience Award, so I hear it's really good. Fantastic. So look for that. I, I, in, I'll be in one of the segments. And then I just did a part in Dan Farron's movie called The Haunting of Nicole Brown Simpson. I played the dog walking neighbor who finds the bodies. It's great to put on my, to be able to put on my acting. So if you're listening and you want me in your movie, you can always just reach out to my agent and see if I'll do it. The Rochelle Sance. Is that what we're going to call it? Oh, I like that. I like it. <laughs> That's good. I'm going to take that. And you've worked with Daniel Farrens on multiple things, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, he, we met on a case. I, I handled a, a copyright infringement case for him involving the movie Darkness Falls. And oh, yeah. we've been uh, good friends ever since. And uh, then I, so I did the legal work on His Name Was Jason documentary and Crystal Lake Memories documentary. And two of the two of the best film documentaries I've ever seen are the uh, Crystal Lake Memories ones and Never Sleep Again. And Never Sleep Again. I did a legal on Never Sleep Again. Working with Air on the Head, it seems like the horror community, I mean, it's a small group of people, it feels like sometimes. It is. I, yeah. yeah. It's like, don't, you, don't you feel like you're running into the same people a lot? Well, yeah, it's a community. And, and it's yeah. great because it's very supportive. People want each other to succeed and they're, they're great. Uh, I was curious, uh, you know, the Friday the 13th games come out and Shelly is a character in the game did you have like any involvement with that did you have to like get your face scanned or was that just a matter of like well we just got the we just know what he looks like we just did it ourselves the game came out and i had met the guys at gun the year before so in 2016 i met them somebody in, at e3 they were coming to well they were they weren't going into three years they were outside e3 but uh, a mutual friend introduced us and i went in and saw the the demo which was very raw and then I stayed in touch with them. And then the game came out. And at the time, all the counselors were people who had 
paid him a Kickstarter. So all, the, all those original counselors, AJ and uh, Tiffany, you know, those are, are people who paid, they paid enough money to, to have their face put in there. Oh, like, wow. other than, and the only the only actor from the movie that was in is, is Tom Matthews. But then it came out in May and then in July they reached out and said, okay, we're going to put you in the game. And they let me come in and do my voice. But it, it's a long process because they, they told me that in July and I, I think it I was. Re- I think it was released in December, but I, they didn't scan my face. They just so you didn't have to off. wear a, a medium-sized mocap suit. <laughs> no, and I, I even went down. They were they were they were in town doing additional mocap with Kane Hodder. So I went down just to see it because I've never seen mocap, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna come watch. And it, was, it was super cool watching, but they're like, no, we're not. I mean, but the mocap is not facial scan. It's really cool because they can see it live, like as you as you do it. As they do the mocap, they you can see it on the screen. You can see what it looks like. That game has come to a halt. You got in there before things had to stop on it, right? They can't add any new material. I mean, the game is well, yeah, it's, still there. It still exists yeah. as it existed as of yeah. last month, and they can fix bugs. They just can't add the new levels or the Uber Jason. And, oh, uh, so disappointing. And that has to do with the lawsuit. And I did a long video cast on with Slash and Cast. I don't know if you know those guys. Mm-hmm. But if you look on YouTube, you can see I did like a half hour explainer on what the lawsuit is and why they can't do anymore and what's going on in the lawsuit. And if you're at all interested, I, I recommend finding Slash and Cast on YouTube. Find the one with me and watch it. Yeah, in Friday the 13th World, like who, what legal presence could explain this to us? Oh, yeah. There's Larry Zerner. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's frustrating, too, because I think fans have been wanting to see a proper sequel, especially the remake did very well. So uh, we're it's disappointing for fans. We're seeing another Halloween that looks fantastic, yet we want a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> So they, they, it's very frustrating. I, I'm very curious to hear that story, man. I'm going to listen to that. Yeah, and, and you know, they, they were ready to go with the new one, you know, and then there was, then uh, Rings came out. I don't know if you know this story. Yes, the, 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 how yeah. unrelated those two really are, but right. they pulled the plug. Right, they pulled the plug and, and they messed their chance. And now, you know, it doesn't look like until they get this resolved, they can go forward. Well, it was funny because Paramount got from Warner Brothers in exchange for some of that splitting Interstellar's profits. They got the rights to make their own Friday the 13th without having to go through a bunch of changing of hands for five years and South Park, and they did nothing with either. It was kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, really, the iron, you know, Strike With Iron is hot. This is a good time, especially with the new Halloween remake, which I, I assume is going to do huge business. Oh, yeah, oh, it's yeah. going to be huge. Yeah, for sure. And, and I know that, uh, that Blumhouse wants Friday the 13th. I don't know if they'll get it, but I know they want it. <laughs> If they get it, they'll make it. That's what I want to happen. They need to get it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The thing about Jason Bloom, he has respect for the properties and he knows how to do something with it, which a lot of horror producers really don't know. They don't have that gift. Yeah. You know, the story I heard about Platinum Dunes was they had done Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. So Michael Bay said, oh, yeah, let's do Friday the 13th remake. And, you know, we'll have Jason and the hockey mask. And what I heard, this is maybe apocryphal, but what I heard was they had explained to Michael Bay that, no, there's no Jason or hockey mask in, in Friday the 13th. In the first, you know, remake <laughs> the first one. <laughs> That's why they did the best of thing, you know, with the, the mom really quick. It was like, OK, this is who we are. OK, we're, we're to Jason now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, the rights thing gets confusing because it's like if you're making Jason and he has the hockey mask, so which movie are you remaking, right? What movie are you? Remaking? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'd say wow. it's 
it's got parts of the first four in there. Probably the remake the does. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. If you don't give them Jason, they're probably going to be very mad. Well, right. No one wants a remake of one. Right. You yeah. can't do that. No. Yeah. No way. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a remake of five. That would oh, be bad. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry, looking back in 2018, what are your thoughts on, on the history? And how, how has this affected you now as a lawyer? I mean, what is your fondest memories of the franchise? Oh, my, what is my fondest memories? Man, so many. Because it's not just like doing the movie. Like, like that night I got discovered. That was great. Getting, you know, like... <laughs> Being on the set, and that was, that was my first movie, my first paying job as an actor, and getting to do all that stuff was incredible, and, you know, having this thing, you know, I have so many friends, I was, you know, I was an acting major, and so I have so many friends who also were aspiring actors, and they did something here or there, but, you know, at least I got I got this that, you know, you can tell anyone, Larry gave Jason a hockey mask, and they know what that is, and so to have that bit of fame is great, and then the ability now that I get to go to conventions and meet people and super fun and i know this is this is gonna come on uh, friday 13th and i'll be in arizona at mad monster with kane and um tom matthews that'll be a lot of fun and it's great to be able to do all that stuff so many great memories when i lived out in los angeles of my actor friends would always not stray away from like slashers and horror i'm like no man you go for those because if you get one that people like you know you can have those conventions you always have fans to talk about it with it's, it's something rather than just it is turn it is nose it is so true every actor should if you're listening to this and you're an actor and you're start do a horror movie or do a sci-fi movie because being able to go on to these conventions and sign autographs is so much better than the residuals you will get right. <laughs> you will so much more money that's true that's very true <laughs> don't worry I, I i used to watch you on usa up all night every time friday the 13th was on when i was growing up so you got that that 10 cents there you go i, I don't know I don't know how much it was for that. The residuals, it's not bad. The residuals aren't bad. Well, you got a popular oh, one, so that's uh, that's good. Well, we had a small cast. That's the other thing. It's oh, a small yeah. cast. There's only, whatever, 13 people in the movie. <laughs> Pretty much. And almost no one makes it out, except for yes. one person. One, yeah. one person makes it out. How was shooting in 3D? You mentioned earlier it was a little problematic. What was it like for you? They were using a very new process. It was polarized 3D. It, no one had done this process before it. So every scene took like two hours to set up. So we shoot one angle and then, you know, do the reverse or it would be two hour break. So it was very slow. They were really more interested in the in getting the, the 3D right than in the actors' performances. You know, no one was really on us as the actors. And we just had to sort of do it and hope, we, you know, we got it. You know, we didn't do a whole lot of takes. So are, are you saying that you had a better juggling performance than the one that was used in the film, possibly? No, I mean, that's the one. I mean, right? Because that, <laughs> that gets just like throw that, throw that orange up to the camera and, and mm-hmm. keep doing it. Can you still juggle? Yeah, I, yeah. It's like riding a bike. You don't you don't really forget. Tickly winks and juggling. Larry Zern is a champ. It's a triple threat. First person to 3D juggle in a movie. Very cool. <laughs> you know, I was watching the movie today again. I think I've seen it uh, probably 50 times. It's, it's always fun to me watching it on video, seeing how many antennas or yo-yos or whatever is shoved in our face. And I love every moment of that. But, I, but have you, have, who's, who's seen it in, in, in 3D? You saw it. I did. Little, yeah, I saw it when I was a kid. Kid. Yeah, and it was it, it had a profound effect on me because I 
I never wanted to go camping again. So, you know, you, you guys did, did that for me, and I, I appreciate that. Well, I, I think that people, because most people have seen, the vi- have seen it on video or seen it on television, and those 3D shots just don't work. No, you know, no. Yeah. But they were awesome in the theater. They were, yes, they, in the, yes. If you see it, if I mean, it's they show it very rarely in a 3D screening. Didn't they show the New Beverly uh, a year or two back? If I remember. No, correctly? they sh- it, they had the the Friday Marathon and they did not show it 3D because what? They, yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Mister Quentin Tarantino, Mister uh, I, I I only use film did not show it in 3D. You have to have a what's called a silver screen. Okay. They didn't have a silver screen. In, in Los Angeles, there's only been two 3D screenings since the original came out. We had one at the 20 year at the New Art and then the 25 year at the Screen Fest at the Chinese. That's it. Though I heard, I heard they're maybe working on one for the later this year. That happens, I'll let you know. I run a company with my buddy Jason, and we do flicks for fans where we show old movies and have an audience participation where we did Evil Dead. I'm like, I, I think I need to talk to him. We need to get Evil... We need to do uh, Friday Part 3 because I would love to see that in 3D again. It, yeah, I mean, there are theaters that have done it, but you, it just, it's a, it's a... You need really... You, first of all, you need a projector because yeah. there, no, there is no digital 3D print and you need a special screen and you need a special lens. The Alamo and done it in Austin and they've done it... I think they did one in, in New York last year. So it can be done. Well, Alamo is coming here, so to uh, I'm in LA, Disney area. That's yeah. That's why. So yeah, I hopefully we can somehow we can make that happen because that would be really cool. It would be. I, I've only watched the uh, blue and red home video edition that <laughs> gives, <laughs> gives, gives a headache. But I'll tell you what the the scene where Chuck goes to check the power in the little shack works with that. It looked really cool. I don't know if it was wor- worth the entire headache I got from watching it like that, but it looked really cool. But I just remember seeing the theater and the eyeball pop in the theater was spectacular. Oh, agreed. Agreed. I, that, that scene, I, I remember so clearly so many years ago. That freaked the hell out of me. Doesn't look so good without the 3D. Though. <laughs> no, see the wire. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, yeah, on Blu-ray, there's a part where, yeah, the eye comes out. There's where he throws the knife. You can see it on a track coming at it, but it's still fun. I, I think retroactively, the 3D watching as I've grown up watching it adds a little goofy charm to the movie too. Yeah, goofy charm. And then we, who, wait, <laughs> yeah. No, no, Larry, I gotta ask it. I I feel like I should know this, but who came up with the disco theme? That was the like greatest theme ever. Did you guys think about that? How that that became very iconic. You are you are. Do talk like I have something music. to do with that. Yeah. Like someone said, Larry, <laughs> what do I do for this opening music? <laughs> Jimmy, let's get Larry in on it. Tiddly winks, juggling, acting, <laughs> uh, lawyering. He didn't say anything about music and disco themes. <laughs> you did. You did. But uh, I, I, so, so, what was your reaction when you heard that? Because I loved it as a kid. I thought that was awesome. I loved it too. Yeah, I loved it. It's funny. It's good. It's good. It's good. I know that they've had. There's a band in LA that used to play it. They used to play that disco thing. Cine Family. When Cine Family was open. Thank you. We're more than happy that you came on. I think you've satisfied all of my Friday Thirteenth questions. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Well, thanks, Larry. Thanks a lot, Larry. Okay. Great. Well, at least you got the outside lights working. Nice makeup job. Stop fooling around, man. 
Well, now on to us discussing the film we just talked with Larry about, Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D, which is the, the third film, of course, in the Friday the 13th series, the second to feature Jason as the killer, and the first to feature Jason in the hockey mask, and the first film of a trend of 3D movies making a comeback in the early 1980s. This was the first one where the production left New Jersey and headed over to, was it Los Angeles or was it North believe it was north i'm blanking i'm sure someone one of our readers will be like duh come on guys people read podcasts jimmy come on or listen <laughs> you know what i'm talking about you know what I'm i know about. i know so this one they went with steve minor again who directed the second one and he was also uh, on the production of the first one and while it's directed by steve minor this and the second one feel like they're directed by two completely different people yeah it's really weird Here's the thing about the first four films, and I I think it was very specific with the first four films. One is so similar with kills and everything to part three. Two and four are very similar as well. You know, one and three have the knife coming through the chest. They feel similar to me. It feels more like the first film in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's a lot of callbacks in this one to the first film. Without being overbearing, it's like a a return to form, maybe, the the first one, but... Even though the sec, I don't know. It's quite different because this one get, this gets away from the camp. I like the first, you know, the first the run, first run of them is quite enjoyable, even at their lowest points. This one, kids, not camp counselors, going for a, a weekend the day after the second one happens. That's kind of why I liked it. I kind of liked that it felt like it just happened. I, it's funny too because for the first half hour, maybe. 20 minutes it has really nothing to do with the actual characters in the movie it's you know the end of part two and then of course you know the couple at the uh the the whatever they're at the uh the bait and bait and tackle shop harold and his shrew wife yes why does she look so much younger than him? Yeah, she, she doesn't does. look. She doesn't look right for that role at all. They're trying to make her look super old, and they just look like a a gross couple. Is she 19 and he's 48? You know what she looked like? It was like a high school play where they have to play an older character. That's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. But it, I, don't get me wrong. I love that scene. I love those two characters, but they're kind of wonky. Well, this is the first uh, yeah. beginning of our 3D exposure that they want to throw right at us right away. Mm-hmm. I'll ask this question. Who uses a pole to prop up a clothesline? I've never seen that, and I've never heard that, you know, until I've seen this movie. I Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good question. I've never used a clothesline, so perhaps one of our readers. See, see what I did there? <laughs> yeah, I did yes, I'm going to yes. do that all freaking The people night. that see that an episode downloaded read the description, right? They don't listen. They just mm-hmm. read the description. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They read it. They read it. Maybe you should do a read-only version of this. Right. (laughs) The the text version. So, like, you know, it's funny. There's, like, an authenticity to the first one, which I never noticed in this one until years later and people from the film started talking about. But everything in this movie is fake. The house is fake. The barn is fake. The lake is fake. It's all Mm -hmm. Hollywood from here. But in this one... I, I feel like they're really there. I didn't I didn't notice all these things until they were starting to be pointed out to me later in life, but it felt like a, a I would have place. never known that. Yeah, I would have never known that. I mean, perhaps it was because I saw it the first time as a kid. I was really young when I saw right. this. You know, I, I would have never had any idea that it was fake. A lot of movies, I always think of Buffy. Like, I love Buffy, one of my favorite shows, mm-hmm. but whenever it's on the streets, 
it's like so obviously a sound tape. Right, yeah, yeah. I know it's TV, but I've seen a lot of slasher movies where it's very clearly not a school that they're yeah. having this meeting at or whatever. So, But this one, I don't know, it felt pretty legit. All of it feels pretty legit for a Friday the 13th movie. It felt good to me. Yeah, and the effects are pretty good, too. A lot of people complained oh, yeah. about the second one getting cut shy. I mean, even the back of the box of the second one had a better-looking death with the spear through the two people than they showed in the movie. But this one got to show a little bit more gore. It's it's not crazy, but it, it's 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 up to par with the first one, I would say, with the gore. See, I think it's a little more than the first one, to be honest. A little more. It steps it up. Well, it depends on if you're talking the uncut version of the first one or the cut version of the I, first I prefer one, the, the cut uncut. version of the first one because some, some of the strings are far too seen. This one's one yeah. I'm glad I saw at a younger age. When I was little, I really got into it, but now I watch it and I'm like, some of these performances are uh, our, our lead, Dana Kimmel. I was I was really feeling for her you know, when I was a kid, and then now I'm like, oh man. She did an episode of Facts of Life mm-hmm. with where she played Blair's cousin or something, and literally mm-hmm. no no one listening right now knows what Facts of Life is probably, but she played that kind of. Eh, I I kind of like her. I, I like this cast, and I, I get what you're saying, but there's kind of a charm in that. Yeah, like Paul me. Kratka, he, I, oh, his line delivery is... Oh, he's, oh, oh, he's pretty wood. And they had he's him, there, there's wood. a new documentary just about part three that you can watch for free on the Friday the 13th film site, and he's the uh, the narrator slash host. And it's very much... Yeah. Their host. He picked up Ooh. where he left off. See, well, see, he's I not coming. He's feel... not coming on the show now. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't oh, know. Well, even he's got charm. They, he does have charm. He's got charisma, but he's... I like this cast. I legit. I love this movie. So you love the cast. I feel that all of the women in this movie are just kind of the same character. They, they all, all look the same. They got. All... Yeah. Oh, yeah. They all kind of blend together. I mean, I've seen this enough that oh, I, I know no, I'm all no, differently. No, 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 Tracy Savage is a little different. I love Tracy Savage. She's a, a little... A, she's yeah, because she's got a little awesome. bit lighter brown hair than the rest of them. And this sounds really weird, but I like her and Jeffrey Rogers a lot. I just think they're a cute couple. I she, enjoy them. Dime Store Scott Bayo. Yeah, I know. No, <laughs> j- hey, don't, don't insult Jeffrey Rogers with that. Joni and Chachi <laughs> go to Crystal Lake. Make oh, Friday the 13th again. Right? You may want to. Oh. oh my God. I think with this whole series, and then we've been talking a lot about Friday the 13th every time, obviously, we do these. I just have a real nostalgia for these movies. Oh, I, yeah. I kind yeah. of appreciate this one, especially. I just kind of appreciate the kind of simpleness of it. It really is slash and stock and, and fun. I miss movies like this. Right. Well, this, I really is, do. Yeah. this is the one where. If you want the most stereotypical what everybody thinks a Friday the 13th movie would be, I think this fits because it's got you know kids in early 80s but still a lot of 70s looking clothes. It's got that disco yeah. theme. It's got Jason in the hockey mask. It's got your character looking like Shelly. It's got the stoners. It's got everything that someone who's never seen a Friday the 13th movie would pop this in and go, yeah, see, told you. Yeah. <laughs> Where, whereas the next one would have that uh, the formula but like just... Boom, nail it. I really love the first four of these movies. And I, 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 to me, they are my favorites and they always will be because there's something really pure about them. I like the fact that the slasher movies of that period were so kind of rough and not really perfect. And kind of movies like these, The Prowler, they're, 
they were, yeah. they well, they didn't realize they were making something that people were going to just hold on to for their whole lives mm-hmm. and cherish. They were just trying to get a quick buck and make something else. Yeah, yeah. And that but really I, the creativity. Maybe that's what's charming about them. Well, it's, maybe that's... You, you get up-and-coming actors and filmmakers that this is, this is what they could get, and they're under terrible conditions trying to make mm-hmm. the best they can with, like, we don't have enough money. We have to do this. How are we going to do it? And the creativity goes, that's why I think in today's climate, like you should give them no money to do these. And then, no, we're not going to go over budget. You only got $3 million to make this movie. Do what mm-hmm. you can. And then that's well, where look, the real people are proven because Steve Miner made these two movies and he went on to have a pretty success. I mean, a really successful career. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And he also did a, uh, Halloween H2O. Yeah, he did so, Halloween H2O. And, and well, yeah, when Carpenter turned it down, they went, they went to him. And, you know, I mean, nobody acting-wise from this movie really, you know, Tracy Savage retired. She was the most known person going into it. And then this was her retirement film before she well, became a news broadcaster. Yeah, she, she, and she's our, I think she's a local here. So it's, it's, it's funny to see that mm. and, and go, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen you topless. Um, yeah. Interesting. So there you go. It's, <laughs> it, it, it is weird. meant to right? introduce yourself, right? Yeah, well, that's exactly how it is. It's funny, too. I've met a few of these people through Arrow in the Head, and it's funny how I I really enjoy this cast in particular. I don't know what it is. There's just and, you know, as we're as Larry was saying, it's they didn't have the bonding experience that maybe the others did. It wasn't a rock party yet because this one made all the money for them to spend more on the next ones and then go shoot out of town. Although it bums me that uh, that Jeffrey Rogers doesn't do more, because I really, I just, I thought he was cool. I liked that character because he he was so supportive of Shelley. Man, they were friends. <laughs> I, I, I really, that's, I take this movie that's, seriously. Come that's on. one of the mysteries of this movie. Why were they friends? Why were all these people and, friends? Like I don't. <laughs> Shelley's awesome. The stoner characters are such an afterthought. Yeah, I forget they, they know each other. When one of them says something about Shelley, I'm like, do you? No, do you know Shelly? Have you guys? And then I forget. Oh yeah, they they all ate pot at the beginning together in the yeah. car to get to the cops. But the, the stoners, the only interaction they have with the rest of the cast is in that van at the beginning of the movie, uh-huh. and then when Shelly has the fake axe in his head, and that is it. They don't mm-hmm. talk with any of them. They don't share any screen time with them. But their dialogue so has other weird. characters' names, and it feels weird when they talk about them. Because like, what? Yeah, they're just getting yeah. high, man. Come on, they're just getting high. They're enjoying themselves. Leave them alone. <laughs> Let them do their thing, man. Well, you know and the st- and the stoner <laughs> guy, like, how much he looks like he is oh, twenty years older than the rest of the oh, cast. Oh yeah. Right, right, and he's probably not. It's the way they have him looked at, like he just stepped out of he's a great Tommy Chong. No, he's like yes. Tommy Chong. Yeah. That's what they, that's yeah. what he is. Well, and then you're and talking was, about people looking alike. His girlfriend is wearing like the same blue sweater as our hero. Yep. She is. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: when I first saw the movie as a kid, I was I loved Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. I was a big fan. I was like, oh, these are so cool. I was a little disappointed in this one when I first saw it. Aside from, I love the 3D. I like Shelley and I like some of the characters, but I was a little disappointed in it. It's weirdly one of the ones that has grown on me, and I've probably watched this one more than all oh. of them. See, this one, when I first started watching, I kept thinking they kept getting better and better and better. And this was, mm-hmm. I, you know, I. I watched it for this, but I probably didn't have to because I had this one so ingrained in my brain because this is one I watched a ton growing up. But Me I too. Think my, but my all-time favorite is 4, 
but I, I watch this one a lot. But this one, you know, I can enjoy watching it, but it's lost a little over time for me. Okay. No, fair. I mean, like, I, I probably might prefer yeah. two to this one. I, in def- the early I definitely prefer two. This one, mm-hmm. to me, is like the most, I don't want to say forgettable, but it, like each Friday 13th, like, okay, this happened and this happened. With this one, like, when, I, when I'm watching, like, oh, this did happen in this one, like, I just completely forget wow, everything really? happens. Other, yeah, like, like, I remember the. The hokey 3D stuff. I remember Shelly, and I remember Jason getting the mask. Other than that, it's kind of hard for me to remember stuff about this movie. I mean, I guess I remember the stoners, too, because they're just so out of place. But other than that, I just have very little memory of this movie. I suppose for me, it's maybe like just because I saw it so young that it's ingrained in my mind. It all stands out really well to me. But I will agree there there's one big big difference between this one and part two. Dana Kimmel is no Amy Steele. No. Amy Steele right. was rad. I wish she'd come back. I really want to see her in a thirteenth movie. Mm-hmm. So I forgot to mention we were talking about nobody doing much after this, but Richard Brooker, uh, that played Jason, oh. like he ended up. Uh, we've had him in Deathstalker, talked about in this show, but he was like a big producer. Like he's he won a, a technology Emmy for something. Wow. Yeah, like he's. He, I mean, he passed away about like what was it five years ago or so? But mm-hmm. yeah, he had a pretty crazy successful career. Yeah. And he, he was a big pit at conventions and stuff. And he was, and Richard Brooker as Jason. And that's the first time I'm like, oh, my God. Richard Brooker, huh? Playing Jason. This yeah. one, oh, that's kind of a big deal. Because the other ones are just kind of like, eh, he's Jason. Yeah. See, as much as I like Jason with part two and part three, I prefer, obviously, Richard Brooker and Brooker what they did with the makeup and what they did with the character. Mm-hmm. I love the Mahalke Mouse. Yeah, obviously happy accident i'm sure they didn't really expect it to be as iconic as it was when you literally see children's toys with that mask and you know what it is that's crazy to me and you see something that doesn't even look like it and you get the reference you know because there's a lot of absolutely not Mm. good hockey masks that people are like oh jason yeah i get it you know amc theaters used to have this awful uh thing where where they have the little red red dots yeah and they had a jason ball they had a jason ball yeah i'm like that's how He's just as iconic, honestly. They have a Jason ball with a chainsaw, and it's like he doesn't have a chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there there has been chainsaws used against him. Yeah. To be fair. And he had that crazy weed whacker thing in one of them. The seventh one. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. the seventh one. Yeah. This one kind of, I don't know. We were talking about bringing it full circle. Uh, They use the mother again, and then they reference Mm -hmm. the end of the first one. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't. They shot another ending that people have been craving to see. But I, there's pictures, there's some footage. But she originally went like up to the house and got her head cut off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only like there's I, frames. I'm glad they didn't. Scene. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't go that route because I feel like I kind of like that she. I like that they always have the one spunky girl that, or or sometimes Paul, who I don't know what happened to him. He went away, but that's one of the things I found kind of charming about the horror movies from that era was the final girl or whatever you want to call her. I always thought that was kind of cool because you had the spunky heroine who, not heroine, but heroine who kind of survives the evil and and moves on to get an ice pick in the face in the first part of the first film of the next film. (laughs) (laughs) 
That I was so bummed when she they killed her in part two. I'm sorry. I know we're going to we're talking part three, but that really bummed me out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, the final girl in this one is kind of weird because she doesn't realize she's in a horror movie until the last right. fifteen minutes yep. of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're correct. She, she spends... She's in a very special episode, like an after school special of dealing with someone who was attacked. Yeah, very right. serious thing, Colin. But I gotta on, say, man. man who, who assaulted her more, like Jason in the flashback or her boyfriend guy, like almost every scene? Well, and she's he, like, he hey, was, dude, let's. He was frisky. Oh, man, he was he was down to F. Rick. Yeah, he was. He, yeah. was, uh, he was down to fork. <laughs> she should have said, like, look, I was assaulted and then I woke up in my bed. I don't know what happened. I don't know how I got there. How about you just be patient with me? Okay, dude. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk in that. I mean, as much as I, I like this movie, I'm just like, dude, stop. Chill yeah. out. She she literally was attacked by a psychopath. And you're like, oh, let's, let's have sex. Oh, no, come on. Huh? I, I give up. Uh, who's he give up with the bimbo he's talking about? I'm just like, shut up, dude. You're an asshole. You realize, of course, that I gave up an opportunity to spend the weekend with Mary Jo Conrad for this. You mean you actually gave up the chance to be with the Mary Jo Conrad for little old me? That's right. Boy, are you dumb. Okay, Chris. I realize I'm just a dumb country boy and my feelings really don't matter. But this is the sweat of a worker on my forehead, not of a lover. Now, I believe that there is a time and a place for everything. And now's the time, and now's the place, you know what I mean. So what I think we should do is set aside three hours a day to fulfill our needs. One in the morning, uh, and two at night. If you agree, I agree. <laughs> were you talking to me? <laughs> if, I were, if I were her, and someone were to say that to me, it's like, oh, well, guess what? You can just go see her now, because this is done. I'm yeah, sorry I inconvenienced yeah. you, you dick. Uh, I guess Paul was better. Paul was a better boyfriend in part yes. two. He just disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, maybe that's why it's good. <laughs> Here's a question, fellas. Early in the movie, the kids are all going to the, the cabin, and there's a guy just laying in the street, taking a nap. Who sleeps in the streets? How does that happen? Because and, they, and killed, then... they killed Crazy Ralph last time. Yeah, right. I... At our apartment and building, it, we had a guy sleep in the middle of our yard, a homeless guy, okay. one day. But, so I, and I but had that, to, so it, that's, a, that's a yard, but this, a is a, this is a But it's a very, it's a country street. I mean, yeah. you know, he was tired, man. Lay off, man. He needed rest. <laughs> and he had the also, eye. He was all excited. <laughs> but he shows that eye and somehow it's some kind of warning. Like, how is that a, a warning? Like, he gave it to me. Who gave it to you? What the fuck are you talking about, you crazy old man? Oh, my gosh. You're so mean to him. He w- he was tired. That's all. Don't you understand? And he had an eyeball. Yeah, he had an eyeball. It would have been better if he, if he showed up in the fourth one and he had Paul, or he had, uh, uh, what's his Paul's name? Eyeball. Not Paul. Paul's yeah. eyeball. Uh, <laughs> Rick's eyeball. If he had Rick's, Rick's eyeball. eyeball yeah. from uh, uh, maybe it was forewarning. Maybe he's from the future. Mm. Oh, my God. That's, that, a, that's a whole new... That exciting. eyeball looks like trash. It looks like someone has a stale marshmallow that they dyed the front of it blue, and then they put like a, some 
rope on the back of it. It looks like crap. I think it's one of those things. I think if I were, I, I don't really remember, but for some reason as a kid, I remember being really gross and creepy looking because maybe because of the 3D, because you're like so wincing because it was so disgusting looking. But yeah, unfortunately, it's like some some of the effects that you know you you lose a little bit of the the feel and the, the effects when it goes into the home video and yeah, I know you, you, in, in 3D, you mean how in rad. every. 3D effect that is not in 3D because you're not watching it in 3D, and mm-hmm. you see the strings on almost everything, everything that's flying to and from the screen, mm-hmm. except the antenna and the uh, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, you see anything that's like the knife or the eyeball, you see the string, and you didn't see that. I I, I, I agree with Larry. I'm like I'm seriously, I'd love to have a screening of this in 3D again be because great. it's cool. Yeah. It's a cool movie to see in 3D in the and theaters, not, not that the Blu-ray. Right. Yeah, well, there was right. a lot of people mad when the Blu-ray came out and they didn't do that, but luckily there were so many complaints that when Jaws 3 came out, they made it the right 3D for home theater, but it was Jaws 3. I'd rather have Friday. Yeah. I think most of America would rather have Friday yes. the 13th 3. I think so, too. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. I mean, well, I'll sacrifice scary... Thompson in 3D for Jason. Yeah, because it's actual scary parts in this movie like uh you know near the end jason has got um what rick outside of the cabin when what chris is looking around for him because it's the only other person that she's talked to for hours and uh-huh. you see her like walk outside look around and then you just see jason holding the guy his mouth shut and that's genuinely terrifying that there's someone that you know is literally two feet away and you cannot talk to them and tell them that you're in trouble. Yeah. It's it's Mm -hmm. terrifying. Right. I still feel like the first four, I guess, even maybe part five, were legitimately, they had a couple of creepy scenes. Jason's a scary image. He's a scary guy. I mean, the idea that this powerful figure wearing some hockey mask who just looks at you like you're a, a piece of meat is terrifying to me. You know, it becomes kind of a cheesy slash and let's see some tna for no reason it's got a little bit of a charm he was still scary and he was still kind of a menacing figure back then i think i think he still is to a certain extent right. but keep in mind you didn't have the home video what people weren't talking about they're just going to see it when it came out in theaters it was it was scary it was kind of cool cool and Brooke, there, Brooke there's a good one, Jason. He yeah, is a no, good he's, Jason. he's great there's one part where jason is kind of goofy though it's at the very end when 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 chris says so she's Maybe having a dream? Who's to say? She sees Jason in the window, and he's got blood on his face. But it looks... He looks super goofy. He looks like, I'm going to come down there, and I'm going to murder you real good. (laughs) Here I come! You know, it's just the goofiest part of the the movie. Wait, that was the dialogue in the film, but they they decided to change it because yeah. they were afraid people wouldn't get it. You know, they because he does. He looks like, oh, 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 yeah, I'm going to get her. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. So, yeah, they had to they had to edit that out. Uh, he grabs a banjo and just starts playing it as he's walking oh, up to the oh, boat. Oh, oh. God, I want to make this movie now. Seriously. <laughs> Jason with a banjo? Oh, my God. He hasn't killed anyone. He's killed somebody with an electric guitar. He hasn't killed him with a banjo. Yes, he can. Unfortunately, it was in part eight. So, wow. That's my least favorite film So of the series, to be honest. So, I, This movie just 
it came out, it was the perfect storm. I think the, you know, movies were still, these kinds of movies were really hot still, you know, and, and it, it gave the audience what they wanted. It gave a badass villain that they could kind of be afraid of, yet still kind of laugh at and have fun with. Yeah, this one was the apex, though, of the early slasher run before Elm Street, because the next one of these movies was very successful. It didn't make as much as this one, but mm-hmm. it was very successful, and they called you know, the final chapter. So it was like, all right, here we go. Here go all the slashers. It's going out of style. And then, like, the year after final chapter, Elm Street came, and boom. Yeah, it changed the way we audiences wanted to see their scary, and they wanted to see the gore, and they want they wanted something mm. a little more fresh than just some dude stalking people. Well, which it started is, becoming kind of supernatural, because... and Jason jumped in mm. on that by being a zombie. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. people wanted to yeah, see something other than someone hanging out in a barn waiting for people to come get murdered. Yes, there's That's, a lot of barn but, activity. I mean, we haven't even talked uh, about the yeah, bikers. But, yeah. Oh my God, we haven't. They. they <laughs> The three most bizarre. Well, Shelley. I mean, Larry. Larry Shelley. Larry did bring it up. He, you know, he brought brought them up a little bit that scene. But my God, the, those are fun characters who really feel like they're in a completely different film. But I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. How did they? How did those bikers even know where these kids were? Dude, they're smart. They were psychic. <laughs> Come they on, follow that bug, and they said, "You know what? You knocked our bikes down, so we are going to commit arson." Although I wonder if you know <laughs> how Larry, Larry was saying there was a chase. Maybe there was more continuity. No, what am I? Th- I continuity. In a it was probably an ass. No. Screw it. Yeah, it was probably yeah. just like, "Hey, well, they got to get their set." That's well, three extra town, bodies. You know? Exactly. And the exactly. guy, the one and- guy, the leader, he's in that barn a lot of the movie, and many people go in there and they, they don't see him. Yeah, uh, where was he that entire time? Because he doesn't show up again until the end of the movie. He was tired. He had to take a break. Guys, come on. Why are you just bashing it? Come on, He's man. like, well, my friends are dead. Rest. I better take a nap. Yeah, he had to take a nap. And, and, then, and then, but I, you know what? I kind of do like that he goes all badass. I think that's kind of cool. I, I was like, ah, that's kind of cool. I, I kind of wanted him to survive in a weird sort of way. I was a little bummed about that. Spoiler but, but, alert. But when... <laughs> At the end of the movie, and then he comes literally out of nowhere, just runs up from behind Jason and tries to attack him. I thought, where have you been for 40 minutes? What are you doing? Why did you stay in the barn? He's the deus ex machina of the movie, but it was, he, he was set up. And then, and then yeah. he just immediately gets his hand uh, cut off, like, all right, well, thanks. Yeah, I know. Still cool, though. I like the uh, when the two other get killed, though. In the top, I enjoy. I like the barn action. Come on, why are we dissing the barn? The barn was rocket, man. That was a place to be. Barn Literally, because everyone dies there. This could rocket. have been called Fred Thirteenth Part Three. Jason takes a barn. <laughs> oh my God! I wish they would have called it that. That would have been amazing. Jason takes a barn. <laughs> he spends because he really does spend very little time outside of that barn for whatever reason. I guess he's just tired from killing. All those people the previous, you know, day before. No, he doesn't really. He, wants, he really doesn't really come out of the barn until he gets the hockey mask. Once he's there, he's got. Oh, I got my mask. Now I can go out. You are indeed all of you, kind and generous young people. Look upon what His grace has brought unto me. What is that? I found this today. There were other parts of the body. That's an eyeball. But he said he wanted me to have this. He wanted me to warn you. Look upon this omen. 
and go back from whence ye came, I have warned thee. I have warned thee. All right, guys, who was your favorite kill in the film? Shelly, come on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Now, when you say favorite kill, I just want to make sure the listeners understand this as well. Do you mean favorite murder or favorite person you're glad is dead? Murder. Okay, okay. That's what I thought. I just want to make sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five for the people out there. Um, I got to go with Rick. The eye? I mean, yeah. that's it. Even though it looks fake on video, I'm sorry, guys, but in the theater, it looked, in 3D, it looks pretty cool. So if you get a chance to see it in 3D, look, see it. But yeah, I... I like it because what you guys said, it's scary because he's like there. He can't talk and he hears her look calling out for him. That would be horrifying if you knew yeah. someone was in danger. That, I mean, speaking on a realistic term, that'd be horrifying. So I, I, yeah. I would go with Rick. Mine is Andy because he's first of all, he's a tool because he's walking around on his hands who are you trying to impress? Like, just knock How it off. How dare you call him? <laughs> he's a, he's, they are a lovely couple. Have, you, you've broken my heart. You've broken huh? my heart. That's okay. Though. <laughs> but, you know, when Jason, like, slashes him in half, it's like, holy, that is just shocking. And and then you get the extra, The with that one, you get the extra, you see him, like, all mangled above. Yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. How the hell did Jason get him up there like that? Seriously? With no one hearing him. Come yeah, on. No, that's amazing. I, I Jason's really talented. And it's realistic. That's how it would happen. I'm sorry. It would. Everything in this movie is completely, absolutely, 100% realistic. That's this how it is a documentary oh. called Friday the 13th, part three. It is a documentary, yeah. A Jersey tale. With... <laughs> a Jersey tale. Yeah. Yeah. What, about, what about you, Brandon? What was your favorite? Uh, I have yeah. to say, this is one of my like favorite cinematic moments. Even is when Vera gets it with the harpoon gun, just of her going to the wallet, yeah. and the oh, shot yeah. of when Jason first walks out in the mask. That just always is just one of the coolest damn things because it works, and you're like, oh, and then shoots her with the harpoon gun right in the eye. It's mm-hmm. just creepy, and just him oh, at that so- dock. It's I, and it's the first time you see him in the mask. The kill's awesome, mm-hmm. too. Luckily, you see that thing in her eye and just zap. In. It's one of the better 3D shots, too. Uh, I don't know how it works in the, the, mm-hmm. the theater screen because it's kind of a dark and a smaller object, but I've always thought, even in, in 2D, that looked cool. So I, I've i always gone with that. I would go with that as my favorite kill. But this one does have a lot. I will point out one of the cool things I noticed when I watched it this time was there's a knife in the film that Jason has, and he stabs Tracy Savage's character in the hammock, and then he leaves it in her because then Chris finds it in the attic when she goes to hide from Jason, pulls it from her neck, and then stabs Jason in the leg with it, and then Jason pulls it from his leg and then throws it at her, and it winds up in a doorway. But I'm like, the, the amount of impaling that knife does, the travel of it kind of fascinated me this time around. Well, you know what? I've got. To, I've never really noticed that. Now I like, got to. I'm watching I, I the watch journey it. of a knife. I was so like, that was kind of something I never picked up on before. But I'm like, oh wait, because I noticed that the knife that she pulled out of her was a little bit smaller than the one we saw her get stabbed. Oh yeah, but there's no way it could have gone through her whole body like that. No, <laughs> that's, no. That, that size. And when she finds it, it's in the back of her neck, and I'm like, hey, it was through her chest. Maybe he stabbed her after with the smaller knife. What was the weakest kill? Shelly. Shelly, yeah, I mean, his neck is graphic, 
but like the actual kill itself, it's just eh. Oh man, you'll see it. I, I I agree there, but in slasher movies, I always get disappointed with the deaths of the person that gets thrown into the electrical stuff. Oh try, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's always like, oh look, sparks and a guy shaking and screaming. Yeah, that always disappoints. That that's what I was thinking about too. Like both things you've mentioned so far have been like my backup choice. But yeah, like you see the sparks fly around. If we would have seen him like catch on fire, or like if he got his skin, you know, melt something, blackened, or yes, just anything other than he wiggles next to a bunch of sparks, and that's yeah, that's what he well, does. What's funny, they there's in the game there is, and I, I I'm sure it's in the game somewhere else but you can play an offline version of the game which if you're alone you can play if you don't want to play with a bunch of two-year-olds or five-year-olds literally you have children going you suck at this game i'm terrible i'm sorry but there's a you get to play those two characters the stoner couple and his when you get to throw him into the little you know electrocute him it's pretty graphic of the video game it's actually much better i think the video game is the actual film no, maybe they could give us like a, like, you know, maybe watch him wiggle around with sparks, but then he falls down and you see the like aftermath on his body. That's, yeah, you that's see. Even, yeah, that'd be see, good too. Well, you see in the game, you see him go black. You see his skin go black, and it, yeah. it, it's it's actually cooler. You know, it. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely uh, out of the on-screen deaths that you actually could see. That was probably the weakest. Yeah. So who is who is the biggest douchebag? Rick. Yeah. Uh, There's choices well, here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, and I'm not just saying this because we, we had him on. I would never go for Shelley because I really, really, genuinely think he's a charming character. I really do. I wasn't kissing his ass. I, I think there's, unfortunately, that kind of character has become really obnoxious in horror movies. Especially, you know, you have the the outrageous version of the prankster, but I thought he was just kind of a charming guy who really had no self esteem that's how he tried to get attention and i, I like that so he's, i don't he, I, he's just he's so appreciate. pathetic i just can't stand shelly through a lot of the movie there's a line where he says something about it's better to be a jerk than to be forgotten or he said something like that and i was like no no it isn't well Whoop yours I, dude i don't think he meant that though I, you know, uh, I don't think he meant that. I, he's never really a jerk. Now, I get what you're saying, though. But, yeah, like, I kind of like, like him. Li- I like Shelley. Literally, no one in the movie likes him except his roommate. And he only doesn't seem to like him that much. And then when the um, <laughs> the, the, the woman that is supposed to be his date for the weekend, Vera. you know, turns him down. Yeah. He, you know, like, he calls her a bitch under his breath. Like, what what have you done? To make her interested in you, you jerk. Well, and so, she, yeah. she actually had a nice conversation of like, a, it's not gonna happen, but let's like hang out and talk. Yeah. And he's like, of course, talk. And he's like, bitch. Yeah. So that's why I, I nominate Shelly. Shelly's got a little Rick in it. <laughs> Mine's kind of uh, I, the Shelly, but uh, Andy. I'm not. I know you said he's cool, Jimmy. Uh, how but dare you? How dare you? Man, how those handstands, and he just. You. I'm like, but. You're just jealous. I might be I jealous. I, you're jealous I might you, be jealous. You can't do those handstands. Not the handstands. <laughs> Not the handstands. Maybe maybe I'm jealous of like who he's paired with. Maybe that. Maybe that. Yeah, she's she's a she's a she's very cute. She's a cutie in that. I have way too much love for this movie. It's one that just I don't mind the faults. 
I, I, I see well, yeah, they're like, there. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of, of Chris. Her screaming and stuff is, you know, I've grown up as a little more campy and stuff. But, like, the, the, cha- <laughs> the chasing... <laughs> The chasing's really well done. Like her, the truck, the the van on the bridge, and Jason running oh. behind and stuff. It's, oh god! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steve Miner can direct a chase, and yes, that stuff. When I was a kid watching it, like had my heart pounding. I was like, "Oh my god, he's right there! I can see!" It. And then he busts his head in the window. I mean, there's cool stuff mm-hmm. for their chase. And I like how when she's walking up and the wind is starting to build, like, "Ooh, it's really just you know completely cinematic," mm-hmm. but it works for me. Yeah, um, yeah. Who's in the friend zone? Who would you want to? be friends with from this group <laughs> that is the correct way to say that i'm hanging this group you know with andy i'm gonna hang out with andy and we're gonna laugh at you guys that's what we're gonna do yeah yeah i'm gonna hang out with <laughs> andy his girl and we're gonna hang and we're gonna be like do yeah, handstands no cool we're gonna do handstands yeah exactly Some juggling there yeah or or the biker gang i'd hang out with them as well oh I get a hell of a reaction. <laughs> I I think that I would hang out with I don't remember what her name is, but the, the stoner girl. I'd Chili. hang out with her. Chill, yeah, yeah. She she cool. also doesn't like Shelly very much. That's a bonus. One. She's a stoner, but not like a gross stoner where she's got Grateful Dead stuff everywhere and smells like patchouli. This group was into Springsteen. That's, that's all I got. That's, uh, I noticed I, a lot of Springsteen I, bumper stickers in the car. Not for me, yeah. but I, I, I can accept it, whatever. And also, I mean, if she hangs out with that gross dude that's like 20 years older than her, she'll hang out with me because I've got to be more fun than that dude. I'll eat popcorn with her. Sure, why not? Let's hang out. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'd agree with that. That's a good, good answer, buddy. Yeah, I, I'd have to say either of the stoner people, just because they mm-hmm. were like, there was no drama in that duo <laughs> at all. They were yeah. just there to chill. So you don't want they weren't pissing people off, being annoying. No, the, the bikers, that's, uh, they How shouldn't have even been there. They weren't with the van. You know, it's funny, that van <laughs> was like, <laughs> that's like a normal teens going to somewhere van that it now would be like a kidnap machine <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what, that, yeah those vans have become like we always had growing up there was always that joke whenever you'd see it's not a white van but it, it is like that van anytime you'd see a white van or a van like that you'd be like oh that's a, stay away from that one don't get near the windows there's probably kidnappers in there it was always that urban legend we grew up in the, the creepy white van with the creepy person waiting who's your uh crush from the movie I think we're all going to agree on this one. Probably. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say Debbie, even though she's with the Scott Bayo knockoff. Stop with the Scott Bayo, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> how is he not? How is he not? Oh, he's awesome. That's how. Scott Bayo sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Jason proved Charles is not in charge in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you. Wait, can I say Amy Steele? She is in it. Oh, oh, well played. Well played. Post credits. Post credits. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with, yeah. Oh, so that's Although, three for Debbie. You know, Good call, Colin. Good call. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, we're all going to say the same thing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the pregnant one. Because we I'll know go. she puts out, right? Is that what? <laughs> well, she puts out. I'll bet you anything they're up for a threesome, too. So you oh. never. 
No, sure. His handstands can lead yeah. the fucking room. Uh, oh. <laughs> go handstand in the corner and watch. <laughs> we'll kick him out, get chilly in there, and just see what happens. There you there go. You know. Tracy Savage. There, yep. Yeah. She'll definitely She's... come on this show now. Oh, <laughs> oh sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the three of us think you're hot. So, so come on the show. So you remember that part where you took the shower? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many people yeah. ask her about that. I hope not. I hope there's not creepy guys saying that to her, but I'm sure there are. Yeah, no. there, there has to be. And you don't even see yeah. her naked well, do for we more than know, a split second. She's got the quick topless shot, but it, I don't know. It, the nudity in this one is fairly tasteful, I feel like. It's not that bad. It's You know, in part two, you have the one who's like, oh, I'm at a lake. Look, I'll just remove all my clothes. Look at me, my nipples. You know, it, it, yeah. it feels so weird and kind of sleazy. It's very PJ Souls and Halloween type, where it's like very yeah, low to the, the nipples are very absolutely. low to the Which, screen. Yeah, makes for a real easy TV edit. That still feels a little. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Tracy Savage, all the way. What was your biggest disappointment? Person that didn't die, could have died better or didn't die at all. Which sometimes there's more to choose from. For this not now, really... Yeah, the only people that didn't die in this movie are, are you know, our are, are main girl, the police at the end of the movie, and the drunk that sleeps in the streets. Literally, oh, yeah. every other I, I character you it. see. And if you want to be Jimmy, Amy Steele survived. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. All... And, the, and the rabbit. The, the, he saves the rabbit. Yeah. I'll go for the rabbit. You want to die? No, yeah. I like the rabbit. I don't want the rabbit. I would go for the old guy. Wouldn't it have been funny is af- if the dude lays down after that scene, they drive off and so the car runs him over? Oh, that would gosh. be okay. I'll go for that. That should have happened. They just drive over him like his life wasn't worth much anyway. Exactly. Oh, wow. Wow. That's cruel. Poor guy. Poor homeless guy carrying an eyeball. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> My disappointment um, probably that Shelly got an off screen death. Yeah. That was like, oh, is he playing a joke? It's like, we know he's not playing a fucking... He's only fooling Chris, who still doesn't know she's in a horror movie. Just Chris kidding. thinks she's on the episode of Facts of Life. That's what she thought. You know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, yeah. and then you have the Facts of Life. Speaking of that, what's your funniest <laughs> line or moment in the film? I think there's a lot of funny in this one. I like the exchange of the, uh, God damn it, Shelly, why do you always have to be such an asshole? And he's like, sorry, I'm not an asshole, I'm an actor. He's like, same thing. I love and partially because there's a YouTube video that adds the Scooby-Doo mix when they go to, the, <laughs> they're smoking the weed in the van. Oh, I, I think that's hilarious, just because I think of Scooby-Doo now. Oh, this is a very it, Scooby-Doo movie. Like, this is, oh, yeah. very yeah. much so. Very much so. I think that's one of the reasons, as I realize that, I, you know, growing older, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I kind of dig that. So, yeah, that that would be my scene. I don't have, to me, there's not that much quotable funny stuff in here, but the thing that made me laugh the most, the, after they get to the cabin and they're unpacking the van, and I think it's, yeah, Chris goes up to the van to pick up mm-hmm. a bag, and then Shelly's arm shoots out and grabs her hand in the mm-hmm. van and it's like oh geez you surprised me and i thought how what how is that van configured that you couldn't see shelly was standing right in front of you it's ridiculous he was hiding in the corner silly she in the corner oh. of a van in an yes. open van 
He had special powers too. Everyone had special powers. It was like Scooby Doo, except they had special powers. I don't know what I'm talking about. Never mind me. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're being ignored. Don't worry. Yes, I no, I, I yes, that was actually pretty funny. I agree with that. Look, I mean, you don't go into one of these Friday the 13th looking for common sense or, or, or act. You know, it's the same thing even with part two when they're walking around the room. Is there someone here? I don't know. I don't think we're alone here. I don't think we're No shit, Sherlock. Turn on the fucking lights or do something. There's a lot of stupidity. I think I might retract what the funniest moment. I, I think what it is. When Chili realizes that Shelly's dead and she's screaming like, Shelly's dead. She just kind of casually walks through the yeah, room. Yeah, and she like makes like a, cat, a the... cat sound, like <laughs> yeah. Like there's <laughs> zero like I I know you didn't like Shelly, but that's still a dead body. But there's just zero sense of urgency trying to warn anyone else. <laughs> She's the last one standing. Technically, yeah. You know what bothers me in this film? When Dana Kimmel, when her and Rick, when they hang out on a log or whatever they're sitting on, they, you know, the lights on the car. I'm like, yeah, and seriously? they go out. They go, yeah, yeah. It's like, are you guys like seriously that stupid? Come on, stop. That bothered me. I don't know why. Don't leave your goddamn lights on. Stop it. <laughs> All right. So bad news. The next Friday the 13th isn't until September 13th, 2019. Oh, oh shit. well, maybe we'll have to have like but a... But here's what we'll do instead. We'll Jimmy, you'll come back. Okay. And what we'll try to do is we'll do just a mm-hmm. classic slasher movie in this meantime. Maybe one, maybe two of those while we wait for a Friday the 13th to pop up. We'll do something, would... something we Love always that. talk about. And we'll just talk about one of those and maybe... One of those cast members could come. I love that idea so much. So we've let's do we've it. done a couple Friday the Thirteenths where we haven't had somebody from them talk about them yet. Mm-hmm. So maybe we and many of those people do other slasher movies. So maybe we could backtrack and try that again. I love that idea. And as we build to it, we'll we'll wait till then to figure out our next Friday the Thirteenth. I we, we, we have over a year. We have <laughs> over a year. <laughs> Well, and also just to let you guys all know, and I, 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 I your readers will want to know about this. Uh, I, now I'm going to say that every single time. That's I'm good. Talk about your readers. Good. Uh, it's your thing. Friday the 13th. There's a big celebration this year, and I don't know if it's going to be a yearly thing at Denny's. So you know they have it has nothing to do with the movie at all, but a lot of cheap food at Denny's on Friday the 13th. So there you go. Check our I don't know if it's check good. our links in the show notes for Denny's coupons and specials. Yeah, the menu. yeah, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Well, you know that fits in perfectly with with this one because there's multiple outhouse scenes and part five. So perfect, mm-hmm. brilliant. What do you got in there? My whole world. And that little thing. Stick around. You'll see. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be sticking around the woods, I think, as we venture into Firestorm from 1998, starring football player and sports commentator uh, Howie Long, with a uh, special guest returning Aaron Newworth. Touchdown! Uh, <laughs> I want to thank uh, Larry Zerner for coming on and... Uh, talking to us about his experience of Friday the 13th and all these other awesome things he's uh, had since the, the film and his cool new films, his legal stuff. It's That was that was fantastic. And uh, 
But what mm-hmm. a really smart, smart, fun guy. Oh, yeah, for sure. And thanks to you, Jimmy, for coming on once again, keeping your end of the bargain. I love it. You say Friday the 13th, I am there. Where can people find what you're doing? Are any of your movies like available to see? Uh, well, good news. A Sick for Toys will be released, I believe. We are getting a September release on uh, streaming, digital, voodoo, all that stuff, and iTunes, I believe, and all that stuff. And we'll be hitting physical as well. So the Blu-ray and DVD will be available this September, I believe. And then I will have some word on the Harvesters. Good news. So I, I don't want to say it yet, but I... Maybe you can have me on in a couple weeks, and I'll tell you more about that. All right. You know, as a little guest, I'll say hi. I'll just give a quick five minute. I'll say, "Hey, my little movie's coming out. I'm really happy about it." We'll put our so first really ever commercial. Yeah, I appreciate, it, man. It, it's funny too. You know, just having them both come out this year has been really exciting, and you know, I'm really proud and really happy. So I've got that, and I'm I'm still at Joe Blow, and I'm loving Joe Blow. I'm at Arrow in the Head. I'm loving Arrow in the Head. Uh, you can find me with Jason Coleman at Flicks for Fans, bringing the movies to the audiences and having fun with it. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. There you go. And we look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer to Firestorm, the trailer that actually trails. Four years ago, a man named Randall Earl Shea stole $37 million and left 17 men and women buried alive. Six hours ago, he disappeared from the state penitentiary with a team of five deadly felons. At this second, somewhere in the Wyoming wilderness, the storm is about to hit. From now on, we're Canadian firefighters. We have about 10 hot acres in Delta 4. Now, the best smoke jumper ever to battle a blaze. Take me down. Is about to find out there's a lot more to fight than just fire. In case you haven't noticed, we're not firemen. We saw some ground pounders running through the woods. It was a prison break. There's a girl with him. I know. She's a hostage. Kill him. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker, edited by Brandon Peters, narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. 
The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios, and no infringement is intended. And thanks to you, Jimmy, for coming on once again, keeping your end of the bargain. I love it. You, you, you cannot. You, you, you say Friday the Thirteenth. I am there. Yes, and you like and, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, except Jason Juice. Jason, wait, that's not Ew, Jason no. Juice. No, <laughs> no, gross. Hi, I'm Jason. Have some of my juice. Ooh. I don't even know what that. No, means. stop. 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 You're going. Jason juice. No. Oh, Jason Jews might have been juice more pleasant. <laughs> well, Jesus, my God, you Jason Jews, ju- 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 uh, yeah, juice. <laughs> all right, so all right, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where can people find what you're doing? 